Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. Am I Dermot Bannon versus Dr. Ava? <laughs> I'm Dermot Bannon all the way. Do you want cheers? I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election, Sean, you know oh, that. Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is Election Daily, a special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we'll be keeping you up to date on the general election campaign and joining me today from the Irish Times political staff, our correspondent and live blogger extraordinaire Harry McGee. And it also gives me particular pleasure to welcome back a journalist who was a mainstay of this podcast until she decamped from the political staff to the news desk. Mary Minahan, you're back. I'm here. That's great. To, <laughs> great to have you back Delighted as well. Delighted to be. Compared to working on the political team, what's the view from the news desk, as the, your overarching view, I suppose, of the campaign and how it's panned out so far? Personally, I, I find it a very exciting election at this very early stage. Uh, I think the campaign has now gone out of the control of the political parties. And, you know, I think probably for the government anyway, one of the only weapons in the government's armoury uh, initially is that of surprise. And that's gone now. Obviously, we, we know when the election is going to happen and things have uh, taken off and are kind of gaining a momentum of their own. And just looking at the way it's falling now, I suppose... You're looking to think, are the voters, you know, attracted by change? That classic thing of oppositions don't win elections, governments lose them mm. uh, versus the advantage of incumbency. You know, are the voters going to stick with nurse for fear of something worse? Uh, are they ready now to nestle back into the bosom of Fianna Fáil, if that's not too graphic an image for you all? And it's very interesting, I suppose, just to see uh, Micheál Martin really, really coming to the fore in this campaign, very much a one-man band, really. And, you know, if he if he pulls this off, and he ends up uh, leading a new government. It, it won't quite be the greatest comeback since Lazarus, to quote our old friend Sean Dagnan, but it wouldn't be far off. It'll it. be astonishing, really, if you look at where they were in 2011. But there's a long way to go yet. It's early days still, Harry. I think we sometimes forget this when we're in the, the, mix, the midst of all this. Hugh, it, it is early days. There, there are still... Must be almost three weeks of exciting live blogging on a daily basis to go. You're looking, you're looking very well on it so far. Well, I'm very enthusiastic. I'm Dermot Bannon enthusiastic <laughs> rather than, than, than Dr. Eva enthusiastic at this stage. But maybe that will change in the course of the campaign. It's been an interesting campaign so far. And one of the interesting things last week is that the, all the parties lay out this very careful grid about events and messages and what they're going to say. Yeah. And we saw all of that being unstitched last week as events uh, overtook all of the parties, namely the terrible incident that happened to a homeless man on the canal and also what essentially was a brutal slaughter of a 17-year-old boy. So uh, since then, I think it's moved on. I think this week is going to be kind of a policy week where the parties are unveiling 
policies. I think a lot of promises would be made in terms of spending amounting to millions. But the good news is they're all going to stay within the parameters of the Department of Finance rules and the EU fiscal <laughs> how rules. The, how they're going to do that is beyond me. You know, well, it's, I, think, stack up. I think two words come to mind. One is Harry and the second one is Houdini. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not feasible. Yeah. But they're all going to do it because that's the, they know that the electorate are not going to start checking up on them until after the votes are cast. There was one specific spending commitment made a few days ago uh, by Sinn Féin, Mary, which I thought was very interesting because it actually set the political agenda over the weekend and into today. And it was about this kind of uh, under-the-radar political issue of the changes which are coming in in relation yeah. to pensions and when people can get their pensions when they retire. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, and it probably speaks quite a lot to how engaged that particular age cohort is in this election and, uh, you know, politicians respond to what they hear on the doorsteps and they clearly are getting a lot of this from people who are, I suppose, coming up to pension age. So we hear all the time that pensions are a ticking time bomb and there's no doubt that they are. And I was just thinking back to, I'm not thinking back to when, I don't actually remember this, but, you know, the state pension introduced in 1908 by David Lloyd George. It was very interesting at the time because you had to be 70 plus to get it mm. and the average life expectancy meant that I think it was 54 so 3% of people managed to get it so you know logically that should have changed uh, it's actually of course it's been brought down to, uh, to 65 but now people are out of a job at 65 the state pension then is going to kick in at 67 next year and then 68 in 2028 and people are going to have to go looking for job seekers allowance which you know people find a bit offensive because They've worked all their lives. They're not looking for a job. And also, they end up with less money than they would have. Well, they end up at, I think, 40 to 45 euro less per week, which amounts to, which is quite a lot of money, particularly if it's the only income you're relying on. And the other thing is that it it is benefit for the first nine months, but then it'll be means tested. So it's a general diminution in the standard of living of people over 65. And a slap in the face to somebody who's worked all their life and reached the age of 65 and then have to go on to a job seeker's allowance, knowing sure. that really, that that, that they aren't seeking a, a job. And it was interesting the way that this issue crept up, as you said. It was almost like uh, a, a, a subterranean issue mm-hmm. uh, until the weekend. It was introduced by Joan Burton in 2011. Under the shadow of the Troika, it, it must be uh, said, and then kicked in in 2015. But paradoxically, it was the Labour Party who first uh, suggested that this uh, me- measure be uh, reversed. Brendan Howland made, made a big play of it at the Labour Party National Conference last <coughs> autumn. And then during this campaign, Sinn Féin have done a lot of the running on it in the early part of the campaign. And then it was extraordinary seeing both big parties cotton on to, yeah. the, to, to, to the reality of it over the weekend. And it's obvious that this issue has been coming up on doorsteps. And Joe Duffy uh, uh, had a lot of it today and he's been running with it for a couple of weeks. So it is a, a big issue. And all of them have promised in various ways to address the, the issue. And I, I presume that the issue will be addressed. It'll be on the, yeah. on the first 100 days priority there'll of be, any government that's formed afterwards. There'll be I'm some kind sure. of compromise there. But it's it's really interesting political situation where you see logic clashing with real life because, of course, something has to be done and about the pensions ticking time bomb. Mm. But people don't want it 
to, to affect well, what them. exactly? Because it seems the first thing was done, but maybe not the second thing, which was how, how, how you're actually going to deal with how these people you who are in that this, gap, this valley yeah. between, between the two things. Sinn Féin also had a big housing policy launch today. Owen O'Brien is one of their more most impressive front bench spokespeople, and he's a you know he's an expert on housing. He's written a book. Yes, literally he's on written it. a book. He's a policy wonk, and he sometimes does sound a little bit like a know, know-it-all, but that's because he is a kind of a know-it-all. He does know his policy inside out. So he unveiled a policy It's very ambitious. They're talking about 100,000 social houses uh, within the next five years. And he defined them uh, very carefully as as uh, what he considers to be affordable. Affordable in the Dublin context is under €250,000 to purchase or under €900 per month uh, to rent. So he has set the bar low uh, for affordability, but set the bar very high in terms of volumes. That's public houses on public lands. They won't all be social housing. Some will be affordable. Some will be affordable rental, all within strict rules. But it is very ambitious and it will cost a lot of money. And um, to achieve that within five years would be a big ask because housing just takes time. You know, no matter how well-intentioned you are, no matter how much money you throw at it, there are the complexities of planning regulations, there's land purchase, there's uh, building, there are regulations. Uh, so all of these things take a lot of time. So the fruits of any particular policy on housing won't be seen tomorrow. You're looking at a period of four to five years at the very least uh, before you can see whether a particular success uh, policy is successful or not. That's all true. Presumably all those things are going to be put to the test, Mary, and debates over the next while, although there won't be a Sinn Féin presence at the head-to-head debate on Virgin Media in a, in a couple of days' time. But housing's a good issue for Sinn Féin, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's very much the top, really, of the political agenda when it comes to social issues, housing and homelessness. Um also, it's interesting, like you hear huge from Sinn Féin, also from Fianna Fáil, despite the fact that they're absolutely adamant that Fianna Fáil is, that it couldn't coalesce with Sinn Féin in a, in a, in a new government. But, uh, you know, you hear Fianna Fáil saying, basically, you can say what you like about us, but we knew how to build houses in the past and we can do it again. Mm. And this this constant repetition of the phrase, the dream of home ownership is slipping away from a generation. You know, I think that's very effective because it's not just a young person's issue. You know, young people have older people in their lives and vice versa. It's a cross-generational thing. And the homelessness housing thing, you know, whether you think it affects me or not, it's so in your face. I think particularly if you live in Dublin, although I'm, I'm not naive enough to think it's not elsewhere, but, you know, there there are tents along the N11 now, the, you know, the main Dublin to Wexford road. Like, it's it's unavoidable. It's right in front of your eyes. And uh, I just think it's it's got to be top of a very, very long list of social problems that um, people want to fix. One of the things that we're going to see this week is some opinion polls, including uh, including from us, the Irish Times, our first opinion poll of the campaign. We're going to discuss uh, polls and what impact they have in a sec. But just to say, a reminder again, that if you do like this podcast and if you want unlimited access to journalism from the Irish Times, you can easily go to irishtimes.com slash subscribe to sign up for a digital subscription, which costs just one euro for the first month and for that you get all our news, analysis, data and opinion and not forgetting our daily politics digest emailed directly to your inbox. So remember that's irishtimes.com slash subscribe. Now Harry, there was a Sunday Times poll at the weekend um, which had some quite remarkable figures. Um, we should say the Irish Times Ipsos MRBI poll will be published in just a couple of hours at 10pm uh, this evening and we'll do an additional podcast with Pat Leahy then at that point. Yeah, now uh, there, there are some difficulties with the Sunday Times poll in that the, the sampling was done over a long period of time before the election was called. 
And I think that's crucial because people really weren't in a kind of a cast of mind that thought election. And then you look at the issues that were live at the particular time, the RIC commemoration, uh, the, the trolley waiting list uh, were, at, were at their height as well. So there were the issues of, of the moment. I'm not saying that they're not continuing issues, but they are. But sometimes issues like that do lose a little bit of traction in terms of priorities in, in the public mind as an election campaign uh, begins to uh, to, to gather uh, momentum. So I think for our for our poll for tonight, the comparators are our own poll uh, from last October, uh, which showed Fine Gael with a slight lead over Fianna Fáil. Back then they had 29%, Fianna Fáil were 25 Sinn Féin were 18 uh, the Green Party were at eight, up four, and the Labour Party were at six percent, which is kind of they've been plateauing at that in opinion polls consistently mm. over the past couple of years. They would have hoped to have got uh, a little more. So, um, Michael Martin at the weekend was saying that that he thinks that the polls will fluctuate between now and election day, and that it will be very close between Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. And I tend to agree. I think there won't be a huge amount that will separate them, and the campaign itself will become very important, particularly key events like the leaders debate, the first of which will take place on Wednesday night of this week and then the second one which will take place only four days uh, before polling. Uh, as well as policy and as well as the kind of the big messages the party has plus whatever happens during the course of the campaign. So I, I think the big gap that was suggested by the behaviour and attitudes poll, I, I just don't think that... You have a feeling in your waters about it. I don't think it's real. I really don't think yeah. it's real. Just in relation to the, the leaders debate, I wonder, you know... We just found out about this today, so it's been arranged on a relatively short notice, hasn't it? I wondered if for Fine Gael spooked into it, Mary. It's possible. Like I, I think they may have made a rather quick assessment that uh, uh, their leader is a good, strong performer on television and less so perhaps uh, when out and about, uh, you know, on the ground. But, uh, you know, I think really the issues that are going to dominate these debates and because it's a short campaign and it's happening in the wintertime, TV and radio is going to be absolutely Crucial. huge, mm. absolutely huge. So the big issues, we've talked about housing and homelessness, violent crime. It's one of these things that cropped up before the last election too. The children's hospital stroke, hospital overcrowding and climate change. You know, I think really climate change is it's a pressing issue. And then you have these sort of rogue elements, these sort of things that you wouldn't have anticipated, but really, really take hold with people uh, and the centre around personalities like Dara Murphy and Maria Bailey and those things resonate with people. Cervical cancer, nobody's saying that what has happened there is in any way the government's fault, but the government's handling of it, how politicians handle it, how other politicians might handle it. I think people uh, think a lot about that. And then you just have curious things that pop up during campaigns, like farmers coming to the capital in their tractors, teachers. Yeah, teachers going on strike the week of the election, mm -hmm. childcare workers and so on. And we haven't even said the word that we have uttered thousands <laughs> of time in the, the past year. The yeah, B word, yeah, Brexit. I know. January the 31st. January the 31st. So actually Simon Coveney was kind of good today in relation to that saying kind of, you know, that if uh, Boris Johnson thinks he's going to get no quota, no tariff, he's not a thing coming because yeah. we cannot allow Britain to become a kind of Singapore of, of, of the North because that Will will affect adversely all EU states, including us. But it it, it hasn't Brexit hasn't really played. Yeah, I think I do. I do wonder about that. I, I know Fine Gael has had some criticism for going big on Brexit. Uh, that's because it, it's it feels not imminent, even though it's the thirty first, or it feels like it's maybe not as quite as scary a prospect as it was before. But you know, I think 
it's not unwise for Fine Gael to focus on this issue because really one of the key questions to be decided to, to be decided in this election is who is the person that's going to go toe to toe with Boris Johnson and you know Leo Varadkar has been doing that uh, quite effectively on the other hand Michal Martin has had a long stint in the Department of Foreign Affairs and would not be unfamiliar with these issues Is this our equivalent Mary of uh, the Hillary Clinton line about who takes the, the phone call at three o'clock in the morning Exactly uh, and and whether it's going to be Micheál Martin or, or uh, Leo Varadkar. Well, hopefully there isn't a big button that they're going to have to press, you know, as Taoiseach anyway. But uh, we are going to leave it there for today. Thanks to Mary. Thanks to Harry for joining us. Thanks to our producer, Declan. Remember, you can subscribe in all the usual places. You can also find us at irishtimes.com slash podcast. Your views are most welcome. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can usually find us on Twitter or in the case of Harry live blogging on the website. But until the next time, thanks for listening.